bow our heads together. Father, Lord, we indeed place you at the highest place. God, you deserve all the glory and all the honor. Lord, we're nothing without you. And we just ask that you would come this evening and you would just visit us here today on this mountain, Lord. Lord, you would speak to our hearts, Father. You would reach down and touch every heart. Lord, may every heart that's represented here today, Lord, may the Holy Spirit just walk down the aisles, Lord, directly to the points and to the places, Father, to the hidden places in our lives, Lord, things, God, that we deal with in our secret places, God, we just want to open every door. I ask you to speak, Father, I ask you to reach down and touch us. Lord, may we not be able to leave here and say that we hadn't been touched by you, but not only touched by you, but may our faith rise to where we can touch the hem of your garment. Lord, that you'll not pass us by, that we'll not be sitting, Lord, in a daze or in a dream. And Lord, the angel of God, you walk by, Father, and us not realize it, but help us to be cognizant of your presence, Lord. And Lord, as you come by this evening, Lord, we just want to make you the most welcome guest. We want to wash your feet with our praise and with our tears and Lord, with our, our hair, Lord, we want to give every, everything that we have to you, all of our life, all of our body, everything, Father, withholding nothing, we give ourselves to you, Lord. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. It's good to be here with you today. This week has been glorious. I've enjoyed every moment, the fellowship and the hellos and all of those things and you know, one in a few days or moments we'll be saying goodbye, but I'm looking for a time where there'll be no more goodbyes. Amen. But one eternal youth camp. Amen. No hurts, no pains, no bad beds, no whatever. Amen. Just a wonderful time. Amen. Amen. Let's look at Genesis chapter one and verse one. Amen. Amen. We're at a predestinated moment. God orchestrated this meeting. He knew everyone that would be here. He knew every heart. Amen. And he's got something for us tonight. Genesis chapter 1 and verse 1, it says, In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. And the earth was without form and void. And darkness was upon the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters And God said, let there be light. And there was light. And God saw the light that it was good. And God divided the light from the darkness. And God called the light day. And the darkness he called night. And the evening and the morning were the first day. Amen. God bless you. You can be seated. Amen. I just want to thank Brother Ed, Brother Tom, the ministry team here for inviting me to come and making me welcome to come. Amen. I thank you for coming this evening. Amen. And we're sure thankful that the Lord is here. He promised he would be here. Amen. And as I begin to think about this service, I begin to think about this thought. And we just want to speak on tonight. And the Spirit of God moved. And the Spirit of God moved. Let there be light. Let there be light. We find here in our reading of the Word of God that the earth was without form and void 
And darkness was upon the face of the deep. I don't know if we can comprehend just how dark that was. Just how how much chaos was there. The storms and things that were upon the earth and the void. The formlessness or the nothingness or the empty space. A place of chaos. It was a void, a wasteful. It was empty, unfilled, desolate, and barren. It was a time when the world was laying in utter darkness. It was without form. It was without void. It was all covered with water and was laying there in the dark in a dismal, gloomy atmosphere. And here it was laying in this condition, but the Bible says the Spirit of God began to move. And the Word, as the Spirit of God began to move, the Word was spoke and the dynamics was there to bring the Word to pass. Amen. The Spirit of God proved in that moment it was greater than the darkness that covered the earth. It proved it was greater than the nothingness that was there. It proved it was greater than the gloom and the darkness. It proved that it was greater than the coldness that was there upon that earth. The light began to dawn upon the earth. No doubt the gloom and the darkness and the coldness tried to hold its position. It tried to hold its place. But it could not stand because the Spirit of God proved it was greater. Amen. And this evening, maybe you got up and you, Lord, this morning you got up and you looked and there was a sun shining there. It was a spoken word of God. Amen. The sun that you see every day, that's a spoken word of God. And it is still hanging there to prove that the spirit of God is still greater than the darkness. It's still greater than the gloominess. It's still greater than the coldness and the things that we face in our life. That sun is a testimony that you've seen today that the spirit of God is greater than the things that you're going through. Amen. When you felt this warm rays bathe over you, it stands today as a sign. It's greater. God is greater. He's greater than your tormenting. He's greater than your doubts. He's greater than the mind battles. He's greater than everything that you could ever go through. That son is a testimony today. Our God is greater. Amen. It's proven today that the Spirit of God is still greater than any darkness. It's still greater than any devil. It's still greater than anything that will hold, try to hold a child of God. It's greater than any coldness. It's greater than any gloom. It, I'm talking about your God. It's greater than any emptiness. If you could begin to let the Spirit of God move, there would be a light begin to shine upon you. Amen. There'll be a word. There'll be births that take place. There'll be a change of hearts and lives when the Spirit of God begins to move. No wonder the devil is against the moving of the Spirit of God. No wonder he tries to blow his cold breath of formalism and and, and, and easy believism and a, and, a, and a forced worship and all these things. He tries to blow his coldness upon you. But the Spirit of God is still greater. Hallelujah. Even Brother Branham would feel this even in his last moments as he would begin to talk in 65, 11, 21. And whose house, what house will you build me? He said, I know that each one of you, if you feel like I do, I'm so hungry to see the Spirit of God moving. Amen. Amen. I just can't hardly stand it. It's a painful desire. Amen. Some experiences I've had upon the mountain. Just to feel that once again, that something that when I first got saved, that was so glorious to my heart. He said, we can come to a place where you can sit, we can see it among us that we are drying. 
We are dry. And as we sit here in the desert, he said, I get among my brethren. They talk with me and I talk with them. Little way of watching, you know, feeling out there with the spirit as it was to just see the condition of that brother, to see what's wrong. He said, I begin to feel us all reclining and getting away from the spirit. It's become too natural a thing for us. He said, but we must worship in the spirit. We must live in the spirit. He said, not only our message should be a flame of the hour, it should be the flame of our hearts. It's got to be in our hearts. He said, or we can't rightly present it to the people. He said, the spirit has to pack the message. Come on, somebody. The Spirit has to pack the message. Amen. I'm going to tell you right now, there's a message here, and there's a Spirit here to follow the message. And it's the same one that began the world over our earth that was without form, without void. Why did it begin to do that? Because there were seeds laying down in there. Hallelujah. There was predestinated life that was laying down there in that muck and mud that was there. That water, that tumultuous water. It was seeds of life laying on the inside. And the Holy Ghost began to go over it and woo upon that earth and begin to draw life out of that earth. And I'm going to tell you, there wasn't enough muck. There wasn't enough mud. If that seed was predestinated to life, it had to come forth. Hallelujah. And I'm going to tell you tonight, there ain't enough devils. I've watched, I've seen a seed that was predestinated to life. It can be buried under concrete. You can put concrete that deep over it or however. If that that, that sun begins to pull over it and begins to pull that seed to life, it'll crack through concrete. I'm looking at lives here that the devil tried to cover you over with every kind of torment spirit, with every kind of device of the devil. But the S-O-N began to shine on your life. The Spirit of God began to move. There wasn't enough devils to hold you no more. He says, maybe a cancer has conquered you. Maybe something else has taken a hold of you, some disease, even the disease of sin. Hallelujah. Maybe he wasn't here the first night, but you're a prodigal son. You're here for a reason tonight. Amen. It may look dark and gloomy to you now. It may look like you'll never recover. It may look like you can't get over that TB or that prostate trouble or that lung trouble or that tumor or that crippled condition. The doctor say, may say every hope is gone, but standing right by your side. Ready to take you in possession stands the eyes of faith who can see the victory. Hallelujah. Away with Satan and his gloom. Maybe walked in this tent here tonight depressed and full of anxiety and fear. You need to say away with you, Satan. There's something else that's stirring my heart. Hallelujah. Up with the faith of the Lord Jesus, the faith of Almighty God. Faith can take His holy stand on the rock of ages. And pierce them with an eagle eye through every stormy cloud. When the very waves of death and disappointment try to wash its foundations out from under it, it'll still stand and look beyond the skies and say, God is right. Hallelujah. Now I know where you live, sometimes you don't see the sun for a very long time. 
Anybody can say that? Long time. You don't see the sun, but that don't mean the sun ain't there. Amen. It may be dark. It may be gloomy. It may be raining on your parade, but the sun is still there. Hallelujah. And tonight it may be seeming you're going through the valley of the shadow of death, yet you don't have to fear evil. You don't have to fear that anxiety. You don't have to fear fear. Because the sun is still there. We can say God is still right. He said let there be light and the sun is still hanging there. Thousands of years later has it lost its power. Amen. You know by faith God spoke it. It's going to happen. We can have the same confidence that the same God that spoke the sun into existence and is still hanging there every day to find darkness. He's still the same God that said, I will heal all thy diseases. I love how, how, how simple God makes things. He didn't have to make a list a thousand miles wrong to list every disease. He put every disease in three letters. Oh! So I don't care what you got tonight. It doesn't matter. It fits in all. You can have a word this long and I can't pronounce it. A doctor's heart can come up with a name. It still goes in three letters. Hallelujah. He's the same God that said, I will heal all thy diseases. It's going to happen. He's the same God that said, you are delivered. It's going to happen. Just like the sun defies darkness, it defies gloom. And the word of God here is tonight defies every devil. It defies every sickness. It defies depression. It defies mind battles. It defies fear. The spirit of God is here to move and bring his word to pass. Let there be light. Hallelujah. He says, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. The very faith is a little whip. Oh, yeah, you got something to whoop the devil with. The little whip that you have standing by you. If you only let let it take you into possession tonight, take you and believe and have faith and believe that God's word is true, I accept it, then faith will work miracles for you. God's word has said this, which is the infallible word. These signs shall follow them that believe. Is that word still there? The sun's still there. Amen. In my name, they shall cast out devils. He says, or evil spirits. And speak with new tongues. Take up serpents or deadly things. Drink deadly things. It won't harm them. If they lay hands on the sick, they Oh, yeah. Shall recover. God's word says that. But he said there's something trying to work in every individual heart here tonight saying that's the truth. But does it mean me? (laughs) It means whosoever will. And the Spirit of God moves something that was void. You say, sometimes, Brother Timothy, tonight even, I feel so empty. Let the Spirit of God start moving. Amen. I'm so depressed. Let the Spirit of God start moving. I haven't felt God. He seems so far away. The sun's still there. Let the Spirit of God start moving. 
Amen. I say tonight, let him move in our hearts. Let him move in our lives. Let him move in our families. Let him move in our marriages. Let him move in our churches. Let him move in me. The Spirit of God began to move on that water and said, let there be light. He said, God had a reason for that. For down beneath that water were seeds he had planted. Hallelujah. That wasn't meant for the darkness. Hello, somebody. I want you to understand if you're in this building tonight, you are not meant for the darkness. Colossians 1.12, giving thanks unto the Father who has made us meet to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light. In light, who hath delivered us, whoo, glory to God, who hath delivered us from the power of darkness. Satan has lost his power. His back was broken, Calvary. He's nothing but a bluff. It's time you say, this is my possession. In whom we have redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of sins. He says the first light that was ever given in the earth was God's spoken word. The first light that ever struck the earth was God's spoken word. Let there be light. That turned darkness into light in order to bring forth a creation of joy. Uh Of joy and life upon the earth. Then the Spirit of God, as it moved with love and compassion at that great day, the first day of the dawn of creation. Upon the earth, the sun swept and its rays had begun to dry up the waters and it made an atmosphere above. And it's for the first time it was to bring joy and life to the earth by a seed. The world was without form. It was void. It was a dark place. Nothing but complete chaos. That kind of seems like the world we're living in now. Complete chaos. And when this world was in that condition, the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the water. And the entire picture was changed. (laughs) It changed from total chaos to a garden of Eden. That's the transforming power of God. It can take something that's nothing and make something wonderful out of it. It takes the movement of the Spirit to bring the seeds to life. That's why we can't stand around for a cold, dead, formal doctrine. But we must have the movement of the Spirit in our churches. The Spirit quickens the Word. It quickens a seed. So listen to this. This is pretty profound. But the problem I'm amazing how God used some of the simple, like all. He, listen to Brother Branham here. He says, it's possible you could be sitting here. Every one of us has got the same senses. Five senses, right? That's what he's talking about. He said, you can have such a headache to where you can't see, hardly sit still. And he said, I, don't, I wouldn't have a headache. How would I know that you got a headache? He said, it's something dealing individual with you. 
And he said, and how the Spirit of God can come down into a group of people and can baptize that person in such a way that the power of God carries them to where they don't even know where they're standing. And the next person sit right next to them and know nothing about it. Oh, my. Oh, we ought to cry, Lord, I want you to move in me. This is not the service to say, move on this one, that one. Yeah, that one over there needs it. Yeah, that one. Thank you for touching. Lord, move in me. That goes for every preacher, every deacon, amen, every song leader, every person in this tent, every person that would hear this on the stream. Move in me. We need God to move. I don't want to ever be in the condition to where the Spirit of God can come right by me, fall on somebody, and I not even know it happened. But sad to say there's too many people like that. Amen. They go around and they begin to call it just a bunch of emotion or criticize it, make fun of it. I was just reading today where Brother Brown talks about the third seal, about the oil and wine. He said it makes you act unseemly. <laughs> Amen, Brother David. It'll make you bring a tooting horn to church. That's unseemly. People look around, what's going on? Somebody just got a touch of the Holy Ghost in their life. Come on, some man. Everybody else making fun and laughing. Amen. But what is it? It's something real. Amen. Unseemingly. Oh, God, make us cognate of your presence. How many church services or ministers or, 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 or sermons will have been destroyed over a bowl of mashed potatoes and fried chicken? Because we didn't see it. We didn't know. We begin to speak against it. And it destroys it to our children. And of course they want them to come back to the preacher and he saved them. But you done worked and destroyed them and tore them up from one end to the other. And that's just brother Tom. That's just brother Ed. That's just brother so and so. That's just, that's just their own ideas. It's just. All right now. You know, I was dealing with a situation at home with a young man and he was coming to me about dress, you know, about wearing shorts. And he said, I, I've, I've searched the message and I, 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 all I see is Brother Brandon saying a few quotes about this. He said, but really, I want to know what you think. What do you think? Do you think that's just his own opinion? What difference is it going to make what I think? Amen. We passed the movement of the Spirit or the sermon off. It's just somebody's opinion. We fail to realize it's the angel of God speaking. I said, I, I can't even answer your question right now. I don't even know what to say. Let me pray about it. And I went and was, well, for a week or so, we just praying, God, give me an answer. I don't know what to say. I, I, I know it wasn't just a prophet of God's opinion. And as I knelt down, something struck my heart and said, you ask him a question. What influenced the prophet of God's opinion? If it's just his opinion, what influenced his opinion? Let's go to the source. 
So I went back to the young man. I said, I'm going to answer your question with a question. If that was the prophet's opinion, what influenced his opinion? Could it be it had been in the presence of the angel of God that would come night after night upon a platform? Could it be the visions he saw day after day after day? I said, if that's what influenced his opinion, what you're saying is just your opinion. I want to ask you what's influencing yours. What spirit is upon you to cause you to think those kind of thoughts? Hallelujah. All that was free. Somebody just thought it was just a bunch of worked up emotion. We'd so quick to cast that off as just emotion. I know the Holy Ghost ain't emotion. But when he comes, he makes me emotional. I can't help what he might do to y'all. <laughs> Brother Brandon one time had a doctor come to him and said, Billy, don't you think them people, them Pentecostal people is just excited? He said, no, sir, I don't. He said, ah, the doctor said, well, that's just nervousness. They scream and holler and go. He said, doctor, you mean to tell me that the nerves can be excited without something to excite them? <laughs> something has to excite them. The doctor said, so what's there? He said, I said, it's the unseen force of the Holy Ghost moving among us. Yeah. Buckle your seatbelts. It excites that born again spirit. It brings an excitement to that spirit. The power of God foaming down there. Faith comes by here. And the Holy Ghost takes the word. And it spreads it out over the people. So they can catch it with the power. That regenerated born again life. Something has to cry out. But Joel's seen a day coming. We, we read it here in just a second. Let me read you a quote. The prophet of God said, God help the day when we come to an adopted theology instead of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. God help the day when you took away tithings from the church and boiled up some old tough rooster and sold it for 50 cents a plate to get enough money to pay the preacher. God help the day when we substituted for the upper room a supper room. God help the day. What we need today is a good old-fashioned St. Paul revival in the Bible. Holy Ghost preached back in his power and simplicity. Hallelujah, anyhow. I'm not going to let the devil get me down. But Randall said he was not, uh, he was up in Canada. He was riding one night, being back about 40, 50 miles, thousands of miles from Hardtop Road. I'm sure Brother Ed, some of these have been where he's talking about. Back there hunting places. He said, I was riding through the moonlight, come where there was a big old burnover. Great big bunch of great, big, tall, stately pines. And the moon was shining on them. Looked like a graveyard. A spooky looking place. And there was a wind coming down and the wind began to hit them. And they go, He said, how do you know? Because I was there in a place just like that on Mount Lemon. Brother Baker took me there and they just had a big fire. Set up on the edge of that mountain overlooking Tucson. The wind began to blow and I heard it. Made the hair, it was daylight. Made the hair go, I could imagine when the moon's shining 
These big old snags are out there. Mournful sound. And I said, I stood there and looked at that a little bit. And I thought of this scripture of Joel. He said, these trees put me in mind of some great big fine inspired churches standing up there, but just as dead as a doornail. He said, even the palmer worms eat all the bark off of them. Hallelujah. Amen. What is the bark? It's the covering of the tree. Amen. You sisters, you brothers, be careful that palmer worm don't get a hold of you and eat your bark off. Your holiness and your standards. And next thing you know, it don't mean as much as it used to be. Sin is still sin to God. So when the rushing mighty wind come from heaven, the only thing we can do, they can do is moan and groan and care and say it ain't so. Days of miracles are past. That's for another age. He said every time God sends a revival and signs and wonders begin to come and fall amongst the people and things like that, they say, oh, the days of miracles are past. And he said, I sat there. That scripture came to my mind. That was over in Joel. What the palmer worm has left, the caterpillar is eating. What the caterpillar has left, the locust is eating. The different insects is eating all the life out of the tree. I said, there it is, and here I'm standing right among them. So they used to frolic back and forth in their great kingly positions. And men would move when the wind blow them. But now what a difference. Something has happened. The sap line, the lifeline has been burnt off. The lifeline has been cut. Hold on just for a moment. He said the denominationals from the time of the early reformation and their founders. He said, what happened? He said, a new set of teachers got in. And they cut all the real life of the Holy Spirit out. Now I believe in real teaching. Nothing against teachers, Holy Ghost teachers. Amen. If it ain't the Holy Ghost, it's just a man's intellectual ability. He said, well, Brother Timothy, I'll have you to know today we got more than just the message. We got other things that we can kind of blend in and make it more platable, more pleasable. And we can do this and we can do that. Make, make, have a better outreach. I'm gonna tell you right now, my, my, my message and my, 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 my gift is not to those that are going in the great tribulation. There was only one message sent for a rapture. Oh sure, there's gonna be thousands that are saved and given life, no doubt. Baptist, Methodist, but there's only one thing that's gonna get you in this rapture. That's the message. Like it, lump it, take a Diet Coke and drink it down. That's the only thing that's going to get you in this message, in this rapture. It's a message that was sent. They were made to sway with a rushing mighty wind that came on, like came on the day of Pentecost. When God continually sends that wind, they lay down. Only thing they can do is moan. The days of miracles are past. There's no such a thing as the baptism of the Holy Ghost. All these things are past. What a spooky place to be. He said, oh, no, no, don't doubt. They were trees. They had history behind them of being trees. But now the life is gone. He said, what we need is the coming of the rushing mighty wind. A new lifeline to receive it. He said, no, understand me. I'm not condemning the church or the organization. I'm condemning the lack of Christ in those places. 
And I want you to understand, we're not trying to get you to some ideology or some theology or some man's pride. Sirs, we would see Jesus. Hallelujah. He said, but what the palmer worm left, the caterpillar left on down. Uh, I'll just go on down for a minute. He said, the wind began to blow. I don't like those songs. Oh, okay. Well, that's, that's when we get this thing out of my way. See, I don't like those songs. I like them other songs. Let me go over here. You know, many times, Brother Tom, people pass off their own opinion. There's something being spiritual. But it's only their opinion. A good wise man that I knew had a great influence in my life, Brother Daniel Williams. He said, everybody's got opinions just like they got noses. You're not going to make everybody happy. Not everybody's going to be ever, you know, you know what I'm saying now. You preach, some people get happy, some people get mad, some people just get sad, some people jump out of the, you can't make everybody react the same way. He said, but I begin to notice down under all them, them stags, it was, Standing up there and saying, what are you doing, young boy? I have you to know I've been in this message for 50 years. <laughs> Who do you think you are? And I'm just down there, hallelujah! <laughs> Glory to God! He said the wind begins to hit them. He said there were some little bushes underneath all them trees. He said, the wind began to hit them and they begin to twist and ring and shout. Have a glorious time. He said, let me tell you, brother. God's going to raise up a generation of people out of all this dead stuff. God's going to raise the people who believe in signs and wonders. They're going to raise the people who's got joy, unspeakable, and full of glory. And when the rushing mighty wind comes, it gives right into it. It frolics. It dances. It glorifies. This is still a quote. It glorifies God. Green leaves clapping their hands. Hallelujah. What a frolic that little undergrowth was having. But that big old tree standing right there, moaning and groaning. And he says, same wind. Woo, woo. Same wind. He said, well, why does people carry on like this? And let me tell you, if I'm shouting, I'm shouting from a heart that's been washed clean. If I'm dancing, I'm dancing from a life that's been changed. If I'm running, I'm running because my life has been redeemed. The same wind was making one moan and one groan was giving the other one a big time. <laughs> Every time God sends his blessings upon a born again man or woman, it only loosens up the roots to go deeper, higher, better, freer, glorifying God. I will restore, saith the Lord. I will restore, saith the Lord. 
Hallelujah. Let's just turn to that scripture. I had it in my notes and must not have saved it. I want to read it. I will restore, saith the Lord. So if you come in here gloomy, let me give you some, some joy shoes for a moment. Be glad then. <laughs> if you're sad, be glad. Be glad then, ye children of Zion. How many children of Zion? And rejoice in the Lord your God. For he hath given you the former rain moderately. And he will cause it to come upon you. Down for you the rain, the former rain and the latter rain in the first month. And the floors shall be full of wheat. He said, I'm going to have a bride without spot, without wrinkle. It was the same word that said, let there be light. His floors will be full of wheat. Woo, hallelujah. Let me tell you something, church. There's not going to be one empty plate at the marriage supper of the Lamb. And there's not going to be a God said, oh, angel, I didn't know he was coming. Get another plate. God knows every person. And you have a seat reserved tonight. Hallelujah. That ought to give you a shout in your heart. I got a seat reserved. Not at a presidential debate. Not at a ball game. I got a seat reserved with the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Hallelujah. And the fats shall overflow with wine and oil. Simulation of revelation. And I will restore to you. Maybe there's been years of the devil taken away from you. And all you see is a whole wrinkled up snag there. And there's no joy in your heart. There's no happiness where once you used to move in the presence of God. But the devil's talked you into believing a lie. And he took you right out. But you're here again tonight. You know what you have an opportunity to do tonight? You got the opportunity to take another drink. There's free refills here tonight. Ah, <laughs> will restore. You say my child's way out there. I don't know if there's any hope. Ah, will restore. Oh, glory to God. That ought to be something in every believer's heart. If we're in the Exodus, we're going to act just like they did in the first Exodus. I'm not leaving a hope behind. I'm not leaving a son. I'm not leaving a daughter. I'm not leaving a grandchild. Hallelujah. I will restore to you the years that the locust has eaten, the canker worm and the caterpillar and the pommel worm, my great army which I sent among you, and ye shall eat in plenty and be satisfied. And praise the name of the Lord your God that has dealt wondrously with you, and my people shall never be ashamed. And ye shall know that I am the midst of Israel and that I am the Lord your God and none else. And my people shall never be a same. And it shall come to pass afterward that I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. And your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams. Your young men shall see visions. This ain't just a fairy tale. 
This ain't just some road up somewhere, some book you can get in a library and have a good time. This is thus saith the Lord. And it shall come to pass. He said, and also upon your servants and upon the hands made in those days will I pour out my spirit. And I will show wonders in the heavens and the earth, blood and fire and pillars of smoke. The sun shall be turned into darkness and the moon into blood before that great and terrible day of the Lord come. And it shall come to pass that whosoever... Is there any whosoever's in the house tonight? Whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be. Shall be. This I've been bound by this for years. Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be delivered. Hallelujah. And when that word comes forth, there ain't enough devils to hold you there any longer. Hallelujah. Let there be light. Let the darkness be dispelled on your heart tonight. If we would have been in Moses' day, Moses on the backside of the desert, he had tried in his own intellectual abilities to deliver. He had heard it. He had heard the word. He had heard it. He had heard it. You're the deliverer. You're the man, Moses. You're the man. And he tried on everything he could with his own power. And he killed one. had one dead Egyptian to show it. But then all of a sudden, one day, the Spirit of God began to move. Because none of God's prophecies goes unfulfilled. Not one. He began to whirl over a bush. Moses is out there, bad, bad, bad. What is that? There's a bush up there that's on fire, and it ain't burning. I must go see what it is. And he goes walking up to that world in fire. A voice begins to speak out. It said, Moses! Moses! Take off your shoes, for the ground you're standing on is holy ground. What was he going to tell Moses? He told Moses, I know who you are, but I now want you to know who I am. Let me tell you, he knows who you are, but he also wants you to know who he is. Who am I going to say sent me? I am that I am. Go tell Pharaoh, let my people go. Moses walked away from there. If you'd have saw him, you'd have saw Moses and a donkey and a wife and a baby and a rod. But if you could, eyes could have come open, you'd have saw the whirling ball of fire. Hallelujah. It was there. That that ball of fire didn't stay in a bush. It moved right there with Moses. It stood with him when he spoke to Pharaoh. It was there when they walked out of Egypt, just like God said they was going to do. But if you'd have been there, you'd have thought, Moses, have you lost your mind? Matter of fact, I have. It's not my mind. It's the mind of the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. I just met in a burning bush. What did he tell you, Moses? He said, go tell Pharaoh, let my people go. (laughs) Moses, are you kidding me? You need more than what you got. Let's add a little bit more to it. Hello, somebody. I've got a message. Let my people go. Moses, you've got to have more than that. You've got to have get a little psychology, get a little Dr. Dobson, get a few more things in there. 
purred it up a little bit, then you might have some. No, God said, go tell Pharaoh. He said, take this rod and go down there and tell Pharaoh, let my people go. I've got a message. That word, let my people go, was just the same one who spoke, let there be light. Hallelujah. It's the same one that met a man in a cabin. He was about six foot tall, olive complexion, arms folded, stepped out of a ball of light and began to speak to a man and began to tell him who he was, why he was sent here. It's the same one that whirled over a little crib and said, begin to, said, begin to hang over a little baby laying in a little Kentucky cabin. It's the same one that whirled in a tree and said, don't you defile your body. Don't smoke. Don't drink. Don't defile your body for I've got a work for you to do. It's the same one that whirled over the Hawaii River and said, as the John the Baptist was sent to forerun the first coming of Christ, you're sent to forerun the second coming. I've got a message. Let my people go. Moses, you've lost it. Say what you want to. I'm walking out of here. I'm walking straight down there and I'm doing what God said. God was saying, I've been waiting for this moment. I can see this is going to be a good time. Pharaoh's had my people long enough. They've been down there in bondage. It's time. It's time. Did you hear the voice of God? It's time. You've been in bondage long enough. You've been bound by mind battles long enough. You've been bound by depression long enough. It's time. But you said, the scripture says, Brother Timothy, in the last days perilous times shall come. And I'm so worried that I'm perilous. Last days for who? I, I look at that a little different than maybe some of you, maybe, maybe some of y'all do. I don't know. When I look at that, I don't read last days for me. It ain't my last days. I can tell you whose last days it is. It's the last day for sickness. It's the last day for depression. It's the last moment. It's his last time. Hallelujah. But we're just getting started. Hallelujah. You heard at the very first service, this is a celebration camp. Let's get the party started. We don't have to wait there to have a good time. We know I have a place reserved. I've got a ticket. I've got a token. I've got what God requires. I'm going through. Jesus, I'm going through. If you'd have saw Goliath come out day after day after day, 40 days, 40 days, he made his challenge. I got to actually stand there in that same valley just last year, stood in that same brook. Over here's a hill, over here's a brook, over here's another hill. And I got to pick me some smooth stones out of that brook. And I got one for tonight. I bent down in that little valley. And I began to look. And I saw the armies. You just have to bear with me. I saw the armies of Israel up there. 
cowering in their tents. Saw Goliath coming out and making his boast. David only needed one time. He didn't need 40 days. One day was enough. Is there any Davids in the camp? I stepped down into that valley. And I bent down. And I grabbed me a stone. You know what I realized? What David needed for that moment was already in the land. He didn't have to have something worked up or something. You know, it was already laying there. And I'm telling you, in your valley, that New Testament and Old Testament lays wonderful promises. It's been laying there, not for your demise, not for your downfall. It's been laying there for your deliverance. Amen. There was that morning Goliath got up and he pushed his breakfast back. It was his last day to push his breakfast back. He got up and he said, I'm going to put my armor on. It was his last day to put his armor on. He said, I'm going to walk out there. I'm going to defy the armies of God just like I did every day. It was his last day. Because Brother Bradham said there happened to be a different set of ears in the camp. Woo! Hallelujah! Do we have some different ears? I'm listening for a different sound. I'm not listening to his doubts and his fears and his challenges against the armies of a living God. I'm listening for that rushing mighty wind. David heard that. What happened? Amen. The Spirit of God moved. Hallelujah. First Thessalonians says in chapter 5 and verse 19, it says, quench not the Spirit. Quench means to extinguish or to suppress. It means things that are on fire and you try to put them out. So when it comes, don't try to resist and push it down. Don't turn it away. In other words, don't become a spiritual fire extinguisher. <laughs> Let me tell you, in this service, maybe in the natural, we've seen the fire marshal come driving down, making sure there wasn't no fire going to break out. But let me tell you something, he ain't got no control over the fire I'm talking about. He can regulate it to the regulations of the regulations. He can put fire extinguishers on every pole. He can put exits on every pole. I'm glad he did because it's a good way for the devil to get out of here. But the fire I'm talking about ain't no fire he can control. Ain't no fire he can regulate or, or push down and, and, and make laws against it. He can't help it. They tried making laws against it. All the laws they made, all the oppression they gave, just made it spread further and further and further and further. Hallelujah. He tries to extinguish it in China. He's trying to do it all over the world. But there ain't nothing he can do to put this fire out. But let me tell you something. I'm no longer going to talk about a natural fire marshal. I'm going to tell you the devil, he can't do nothing to put this fire out. He's tried. 
He's blowed and he's blowed and this one's fell off and that one's fall off and this one's went their way and that one's went their way. But the fire just keeps marching on. Hallelujah. Amen. Listen, we don't have to be ashamed of our worship. We, we, we will have critics. They'll call it rock and roll. They'll call it okay. They'll call it holy rollers. they call you everything. We don't have to be ashamed of talented musicians. We don't have to be ashamed of an outpouring. We don't have to be ashamed of dancing and shouting. We don't have to be ashamed of noise. All right. You know, Brother Branham was in a meeting one time, and I love this. He said, it's actually in his church. And he said, now this is for you, some of you that's real legalist on how long a preacher should preach. You know, they, they get on that, what well, he said over here, 45 minutes or whatever. You're sad, you see. You know why you're sad, you see? Because you're sad, you see. But he said, I was preaching on the second coming of Christ. Apparently he believed in it. I was preaching on the second coming of Christ. About four hours. <laughs> About four hours. I think God's people ought to have a good time no matter how long it is. Brother Ed, you was at our church for our dedication services. It was a long service. I was sitting on the end of my seat. You know what happened in that service? A man who had been backslid and a critic and away from God was sitting right there. And in his seat, the power of God fell on him. He was filled with the Holy Ghost. He's been there ever since. Ain't missed a service. Ain't missed a Tuesday night Bible study. Ain't missed nothing. And he said, I will never. He said, I will never take for granted coming to church anymore. That sounds like to me somebody filled with the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. He said, I was trying to get back by the story. I was there four hours. He said, I thought I'd give him a little intermission so he wasn't done yet. He said, would you know it? He said, a couple people got up and started to sing one of them good old gospel songs. He said, like the meeting in the air. And he said, that sister began to play that piano. He said, if there'd have been four sets of keys, she'd have played every one of them. She was wide around the mouth, just giving it everything she got. That's my kind of playing. He said, all of a sudden, this woman jumped up and she began to play this old washboard. And he said, another, he said, in another place, he said, I thought they was going to turn my church into a tavern. A bar. But in this quote, he says, I wouldn't say nothing against it. He said, because I didn't know if they might be right and I might be wrong. How quick we are. I can't believe it. What if they're right? Then who are you talking about? Be careful. He said, but I all got to thinking about that. 
He said, I begin to wonder. Maybe I just don't know enough about, about they got victory. Is there victory in the Bible? You know, where, where was dancing ever ordained in the Bible? You know, and he's going along. And he's thinking about it. And he said, I got to thinking about Miriam. He said, when she looked back and she saw those old taskmasters that had had beat her and whipped her and caused her to have all kinds of things. And I'll say this, mind battles and and uh, depression and spirits of oppression. And she saw that devil laying dead. He said, this is what he said. God had ordained this moment. I like to think like about like this. When God, before the foundation of the world, as he began to plan this in his mind, he said, I'm going to have a mountain right here. I'm going to have a valley right here. The Red Sea, you're coming right down here. I got a trap. I Listen, he waited a long time to fulfill that word. Laodicea, he knows all about it. He knows about the coldness. He knows about the darkness. He knows about the devils that's been unleashed in this realm. He has planned it for their demise. And Moses said, hold your peace. For the Egyptians, you see this day, you'll see no more forever. Woo, hallelujah. Amen. Just a few more verses. It said they saw them floating in the Red Sea. I thought he said they'd see them no more forever. You got to look a little deeper. Here there was on one side with whips in their hands. Chariots. Horses. Spears. Swords. Coming to kill. On the other side. Dead. They couldn't, they couldn't wield a whip one more day. They couldn't torment them one more time. They couldn't give them one more day of trouble. It was over. Miriam couldn't stand herself no more. She got her a dance and began to dance up and down the, the coast of the Red Sea, giving glory of, to God. They began to sing the songs of Moses. Brother Branham said, I began to think about that. My old Methodist foot got to patent. Amen. He said, then I got to thinking about David. When David saw the ark, the word being restored back to its rightful place. Hello, David. What have we received in this hour? The word brought through seven ages. All the way down now to its rightful place and position. It makes me want to shout. (laughs) Hallelujah. Let me tell them critics, you can put this in your next video. David said, if you don't like that, watch this. If they didn't like the last deliverances and the healings and the testimonies of young people that's rising above sin and rising above them, watch this. If they didn't like the last few years of God bringing his army forward, watch this. Somebody sent me a video the other day of some guy that's walked away. I didn't even watch it. I don't got time for that mess. Could you imagine the videos that were made in Noah's message? Why I left the message of Noah. (laughs) 
I have Google here to prove. Weather.com, there's never rained. Noah said it was going to. <laughs> it hasn't. All kind of videos. Could you imagine the videos that would have been made in Jesus' day? Why I left the message of Jesus. You can't. A critic or a denier, that's who they are. Trust God somehow and be merciful in grace. I'm not here to just throw them off the cliff, but they're heading that way. Because one day, Pat, 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 Pat. It wasn't no northwest rain. It was the floodgates open. And one day, there's going to be an earthquake. I thought he said he would come before this happened. He came and he didn't know it. What good is those videos going to do then? You know, I've asked atheists before. I said, you know, you, you think you got it all figured out and you got there's no God and you this blah, blah, blah and all that nonsense. I said, let me ask you this. What happens? And we get down to the end of this life. And I close my eyes and there's nothing. What have I lost? I'll tell you what I lost. I lost a broken up home. I lost a life that was wrecked by drugs and alcohol. That's what I lost. I said, but let me tell you, when you get down to the end of the road and you close your eyes and there is something to what I'm talking about, what have you lost? You've lost everything. You can't do that. Critics, they're going to criticize. But Brother Timothy, there's so much noise. I, I just, Listen, this is the quietest place you're ever going to be. That's what, quote. You know, there was a story of a man. He bought a piece of land. And he bought it right next to an Air Force base down in Pensacola. Actually, I got corrected on that. It was a naval air base. Air Force base, whatever. But anyway, he bought us a patch of land. He was going to build a subdivision on it. And he was going to build this place and he was going to charge ridiculous amounts of money for the, for the houses. And people made fun of him and laughed and they scorned him like, ha ha, that's really going to happen. People, there's an Air Force base there. I mean, there's nobody want to listen to that noise. He did it anyhow, and he built roads. He put infrastructure in there, and he started building his house before you know it. One sold, next sold, next sold, all the way down, filling that subdivision up. True story. Would you believe? After the first night, what's that noise? Got so angry about the noise and so upset about the the, uh, the, no, the noise that was going on. They went to City Hall and said, can you do something about this noise? We can't sleep. We can't eat. We can't go out in our yard. It's... You know what City Hall did? Bless their hearts. They said, you knew the Air Force Base was there when you bought the house. But they throwed up such a fuss and they throwed up such a, a ruckus about it. You know what happened? The Air Force Base built this big old sign. And they put it right there pointed at that neighborhood. And they said, pardon the noise. It's just the sound of freedom. Yeah. 
Pardon our rejoicing. Pardon our noise. Pardon me if I get a little ground, little Pentecostal. Pardon me. It's just the sound of my freedom. I'm free. What do you think I'm supposed to act when I see a fighter jet come blowing through the building and the Holy Spirit comes through? And one's delivered, another's healed. The captives are set free. How do you think I'm supposed to act? It's just the sound of freedom. Get free a little bit and you'll see what kind of noise you'll make. It might not be about a woohoo. Speaking of a woohoo, we had a brother, well, a boy, come to our youth camp years ago. Come walking into camp. You know how he came? Why he came to camp? Because his uncle was a believer. Had his heart on his heart for this boy. He'd been out, got he's very young, got out in drug scene and bartending, even underage being a bartender, drinking. Most of us is under the influence almost all day long, every day. And he had such a desire for him. He said, God, I gotta do something. So he goes up to him. He says, Brother Jeremy, or Jeremy, he says, I'm going camping this weekend. You want to go? Man, that sounds fun. You know, it happened to be the only year that I, that camp was held under a tent. <laughs> I'm going camping this way. So he drives up, and about two minutes before he pulls into the camp, he says, Now, brother, now, Jeremy said, uh, just in case you hear about William Branham, this is what this means. And he just kind of, Jeremy's like, Oh, no. And he comes in and he's got this big old beard and walking down the road. And we, you know, we told our, told our deacon, said, look, you know, this is who he is. Just leave him alone. Just, if we were, you know, normally we have the young people sit up front. So let him sit wherever he wants to sit. And first night he's in the back of the building. Brother Ron's preaching. Next morning he's in the back of the building. Brother Danny's preaching. His testimony is, I hated that guy. <laughs> he said he was tearing me up. But by the next night, he's a little closer. Next morning, he's a little closer. Friday night, we had a prayer line. Normally, we'd have it on a Saturday night, but on that Friday night, Brother Ron called it. And he was right on the front row, so he jumped up and just went right on through. And he's standing on the outside of the tent. I remember seeing him standing there. And his uncle, Jeff, came up. He's my brother-in-law. Came up to him and says, Jeremy, what do you think? He says, I know I didn't, I'm not getting what they're getting. I didn't get what they're getting. He said, but I want that. I want that. The next morning, Brother Danny Steam is ministering. Normally we don't have, you know, in the mornings you don't have a lot of extra time, but the Spirit of God was moving. My dad come walked up to the platform and he called an altar call. Jeremy was down there at the altar. And there at that altar, he gave his heart to God. You know what was going on the next service? Woohoo! He didn't know nothing about no shouting, no amen. He hadn't been educated. He didn't know. But something on the inside. Woo! Woo! 
me tell you, that was in, I think, 2006, and it still changed. Woo! You know, my goodness. Remember, I got four hours. Oh, Lord. No worries. There was a prophet one time that was stewed up. He was angry. He was mad. You know the story? Jehoshaphat had come with the wicked king of Israel. He said, I respect Jehoshaphat. If he wasn't here, I wouldn't even look at you. He'd got his temper up. But what did he do? He said, bring me a minstrel. He said, I was talking to a man a lot long ago who didn't believe in music in the church. He was holding a fuss with me about it. And he said, all the music belongs to the world. I said, the spirit of God didn't come on that stewed up prophet until he got a minstrel out and began to play a good old fashioned Holy Ghost song. And the spirit of God came down upon the prophet. God doesn't change. If he liked music in that day, God likes music today. And he began to play a song. He said, I don't know what they played in them days, but I imagine a good old song like, There's going to be a meeting in the air, in the sweet, sweet by and by. Something like that. Some of them good old-fashioned Holy Ghost songs. And the Spirit of God came on the prophet. He said, I tell you, brother, when we get all the formal shackles shook down and the spirit of God in the songs again and get back to the old place where we can have the spirit of God moving again, then the prophet can see a vision and the powers of God can come into the church. Then we can see divine healing. Then we can see the resurrection of Christ. Then we can see the same yesterday, today and forever. You say, well, Brother Branham, I'm not a prophet. Well, if you ain't the prophet, you can be an instrument. Oh, yeah, come on now. Just keep playing. He said, if you ain't got no more of them ten strings, give vent to them just as hard as you can. Listen to this statement. He said, if you can't be the prophet, be part of the minstrels. Do something to bring the Spirit of the Lord down. Hallelujah. He said the prophet couldn't do it himself. He had to have a minstrel. He said when the prophet and the people got in harmony with God, then the prophet began to see things. He said, brother, if you don't see divine healing, if you don't see the baptism of the Holy Ghost, if you don't see the mighty move of the Spirit of God moving in this last stage here, just get in the Spirit one time and you'll see things. Then things will be revealed to you. He said, I kind of feel religious myself tonight. Hallelujah. Oh, yeah. What happened? The prophecy came and he told him, says, go dig you some water. They need water. They was thirsty. He said, well, brother, brother David, he preached on, on his free refills. He preached on how thirsty am I. Well, I, 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 did, I didn't feel like I got that. You know why? Because you didn't dig some things out of your life. Dig, 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 dig a little deeper. (laughs) Hallelujah. 
He said, why? He said, why was going to fill it up? He said it was the same rock that was laying there that followed the children of Israel down through the wilderness was still there in the land. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He said, I can tell you the rock is still here tonight. Hallelujah. Just start digging. He said, well, Brother Timothy, i got some pretty important stuff in my life. Not as important as this. You know, there's a woman that come to Jesus. And she looked at him. He says, if you, if you ask me, he said, if you ask me of a drink, I'll give you a drink. You'll never thirst again. You know what her reply was? How are you going to do that? You don't have a water pot. I've got the water pot. Jesus began to speak to her. And if you could see in that other realm, a ball of fire began to whirl over her. Because he began to reveal to her things a man could not see on his own. It took the Spirit of God moving over that heart. And he took her all the way down from worship, all the way down to a prophet, all the way down and said, you're the Son of God. Deeper and deeper and deeper. And the last verse says, and she left her water pot. It wasn't so important no more. If you can realize Jesus Christ is the most important thing you can ever receive from this camp. He's more important than your friend sitting next to you. He's more important than your dad and mom sitting behind you or your kids sitting in front of you. Jesus Christ is the most important thing. And if you'll find him, you'll leave your Game Boys, your Xboxes, your movies, you'll burn them. The books that you've been reading, you'll throw them in the trash. Why? You found the most important thing. Hallelujah! Dig a little deeper! There's a well here. It's an inexhaustible fountain of life. And it's ready to fill you up. Hallelujah! Me said, well, I hadn't felt anything. Brother Brown said, you need to take something and just do a little jigging. He said, until that channel is opened, you know what's been blocking it. Uh, mama might not know. Daddy might not know. Pastor don't know. You know. Jesus knows. Just like he knew of the woman at the well. He knew exactly what was blocking her. He said, go get your husband. What would he tell you tonight? Go get them love story magazines. Those books. <laughs> go get that Xbox. Go get those movies. Go get that TV. Get that YouTube. Get that Netflix. You know what's in your life. Hallelujah. First thing you know, they dug the wells out. And all of a sudden during the night, the waters came and filled up the ditches. Enemy looked and said, man, there's been a slaughter. They all died. What was God doing? He was setting up an ambush. <laughs> Hallelujah. He gonna look over at your house and man, look at that. That's a, look like they died. Yep, sure did. Died at an altar. What's God doing? Setting up an ambush. That devil's gonna come back just like he did Legion. He's gonna walk, Legion walk down to Jesus. He come walking down like he's going, Argh! 
What are you doing in there? He saw something in those eyes that wasn't in a normal man. You go back to your homes. You've died out. You've dug out everything in your life. And he's come and filled your ditches. The devil will come back. He'll go, oh, wait a minute. There's something else here now. Hallelujah. He said, brother, you'll start digging with your heart. You'll dig everything you can. And when you get over and, and the, where them unbelievers are, he said, you'll go and you'll take a rock of testimony and you'll stop up all those old cold, cold former wells around there, giving out this old stagnated water, bunch of this old stagnated water. The days of miracles are past. The days of a million, them things are a million. Let, let it go. No such a thing. God lived back then, but he don't live the same. He said, Jesus Christ is the Holy Ghost here and he's still the same yesterday, today and forever. I got a rock this, this evening. I was just at a Memorial Day meeting there, Brother Nathan Bryant in Jeffersonville, Indiana. There was a young boy that had been mad, been diagnosed uh, with a, uh, autism. Had autism and then he started having strokes until his little hand had withered all the way up and the doctors had done surgery on it and they said he'll never ever use that hand again. And he would be out there that day before, on a, that, day, that, day, that day before shooting basketball with one little hand, little boy, trying to be out there doing things little boys does. And he had this little crippled hand. Hallelujah. But the Spirit of God got to moving in a service. On a Sunday morning, this night before, it had been a moving of God and in his little mind and things he had been so stirred up you know in autism and stuff they get stirred up by things you know and his mom is trying to hold him back there but the next morning she's up in her hands she's got her hands lifted and she's worshiping god and then all of a sudden she says where's ethan just come to her, where's ethan and she turns around and ethan's sitting on his seat and he's smiling at her and he's playing with his fingers He's doing this right here. His hand had come back again. Sitting right on the front seat. Sitting right on the front seat. The pastor's wife. The Spirit of God hit her and said, Go tell the sister her boy's healed. She jumped out of her seat and went running around the aisle. Met the wife and the mother in the aisle. She said, Little Ethan's healed. She said, I know he's healed. He's looking at his hand. And they tell me, God, don't still do those things. I got a rock to lay in that old cold, formal, stagnated well. Hallelujah. What is it? The Spirit of God begins to move. Things begin to happen. My little niece, Mariah Pruitt, you heard the testimony. The devil come and stripped her of her glory, her hair. The glory that God give a woman. Stripped her over to where she's down to just a few threads and to where there was nothing. She'd come up to a youth camp service, a prayer line. I was standing right out there at the very beginning of it. She said, Uncle Timothy, you know what she brought? She brought two little bobby pins. She said, I'm going to wear these. 
You know what had happened to her? It had been a morning she was laying in bed and the light began to dawn and as she woke up she heard her mother in there in the, in the, in the kitchen playing a tape and Brother Branham came down to the end of it and he began to sing, I can, I will, I do believe. I can, I will, I do believe. Some of you just need to put that in your mouth right now. I can, I will, I do believe. And the Spirit of God fell upon her. She grabbed her paper. She wrote it down. I can, I will, I do believe. And she nailed it to her wall. And every morning she'd get up and she'd look at her bald head. I can, I will, I do believe. You know why I'm telling this testimony? Because I'm putting another rock in the well that says God don't heal no more. Just in case that same devil's in the tent tonight. He healed it before. He can heal it again. Hallelujah. On Mother's Day weekend, she came to me. She throwed her hat off. She said, Uncle Timothy, look at my hair. This little girl, something had happened to her. I can, I will, I do believe. It didn't matter what circumstances looked like. It didn't matter what the whisper was saying in her ear. She throwed her hat off and said, look at me. Look at my hair. Bald. A month later. Four weeks later, she's at our family camp. Brother Ron calls her up. Said, I want to show the devil something tonight. And he brings up a little Mariah. He said, there's been models. He said, but there's nothing more prettier than this little girl right here. And she had never taken her hat off in public before. Just to a few of her loved ones. All of a sudden, she ripped her hat off. And there was a full head of hair. I will. I do believe. Let the same spirit roll through this building tonight. I can. I will. I do believe. Hallelujah. It was the spirit of God that whirled in my mom's bedroom. You heard it there Friday. Oh, what in the world night was it? Thursday night. Laying there with that brain bleed, significant brain bleed. The Spirit of God had moved in a hospital, whirled over our pastor. My father said she'll be in the emergency room tonight. Tomorrow night she'll be in another room, her own personal. The next night she'll be home. That's exactly the way it was. She comes home and having the issues that she was having, peripheral visions and things that was gone. She's sitting there wondering about her future. Wondering about her future. And the Spirit of God began to whirl. Mom, that same Spirit's here tonight. Restored her back in a moment. And in the middle of that floor. Amen. The middle of that floor. There's a little boy that hadn't walked or crawled. 18 months old. Stood up out of the middle of the floor. And began to run all over the house. That's what the Spirit of God will do. 
That's why we want Him in our churches. That's why we want Him in our homes. That's why we want Him in our cars. That's why we want Him in our hearts. That's why we want Him in our families. Hallelujah. He's in the building tonight. It was a service one time. My father was preaching on a Sunday morning. And he was preaching about a God who does extreme things. He began to preach about a Bible days. I don't know if I can hold myself. Bible days are here again. Up in the mezzanine seat and sent a little frail woman, about 90 pounds, had been diagnosed with Hodgkin lymphoma. Her whole lung, CAT scan, showed a, a black lung. Her boy sung this right this evening. Brother William Butts. You wonder why he's got fire set up, shut up in his bones. Begin to preach about God does extreme things. Bible days are here again. The same one that walked the shores of Galilee is back in this people. Begin to sing leaning, leaning on the everlasting arms. As we begin to sing the verse, what have I to dread? What have I to fear? Leaning on the everlasting arms. The Spirit of God began to whirl. Went right to that mezzanine seat and fell upon that little frail woman. She jumped up out of her seat and she began to run and dance all over the building. It ain't no small church. It went around the building and around the building. He said, well, that's just emotional. Well, you tell me this. The next day she went to the doctor and they'd done another PET scan and every sign of cancer was gone. same God. It's the same spirit. The same yesterday, today, and forever. You've heard the challenges of the enemy, but where's David at? This day is your last day. I'll take your head off. Hallelujah. Glory to God in the highest. He said, when the Holy Spirit begins to move and gives discernment, it brings the presence of God among the people. Just like singing a hymn or shouting a message given in unknown tongues or something. It brings the Spirit of God among the people. You heard your pastor preach a many times on the word until the spirit got to moving among the people and they screamed out why they just couldn't hold their peace no longer. Listen, if it ain't the spirit of God, it's man's intellectual abilities. That's why Paul would say, my speech and my preaching. In other words, my teaching or doctrine and my preaching. Hello, somebody. Was not with enticing words of man's wisdom, 
but in demonstration of the Spirit and of power. That your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of Almighty God. Got just a few more minutes. Hallelujah. He said today with these great intellectual messages, we can explain it to you. You can see the picture. But that isn't what we're looking for tonight. We're looking not for the mechanics. We're looking for the dynamics. Hallelujah. We got the mechanics of the religion of the Bible so bottleized. It looks like a big 16 or 35 coach train sitting on the track. But it ain't got enough steam in it to make it go down the road. Hallelujah. Well, what? <laughs> Bear with me for a moment. It said it takes a dynamics to perform the mechanics. Don't forget that. Hey, now we're 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 over in the sixty-three, four, five. Okay, all right. Just in case anybody was wondering. Hey, Amen. This her brother Jason Watkins say they say what what year was it that he said that? He said the year he was a prophet. That's the right year. Amen. He said, well, he said, sirs, we would see Jesus. He said, do you notice they come to a servant of Christ who had been trained to know what to do? We believe in training, but the right kind of training. Not to just say, sit down, wait now, you sit here, I'll explain it. No, no. He brought them right straight to him. Because that's what they wanted to see. They said, we would see Jesus. We would, we would, we'd like for you to, they didn't say, we're not, we would like for you to explain it to us or tell us all about it. That wasn't the question. They wanted to see Jesus. How many wants to see him tonight? Oh, still a quote. He said, are you lecturing? He said, but Jesus never said go into the world and teach this or that. He said, go into the world and preach the gospel. Preaching is demonstration the power of the Holy Spirit. These signs shall follow them to believe. It don't come by lecture. That's believe. It doesn't come by lecture. It comes by the presence of the living God moving among in human flesh, proving himself. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. That's right. He never fails to be the same. But it comes so simple. Another one, signs of the time. Well, he said last night we have so much of the mechanics and not the dynamics. He said my body is the mechanics, but my body will not operate without the dynamics, the Spirit of God. The Spirit operates my body, brings it into control. The automobile without no gasoline, with no firing power, no matter how fine the mechanics are fixed up, you washed it, you can polish the plugs and the points and whatever. But if you guys got to have a current also, he said that's the way God is. It's got to get a believer with God and make contact and then something is going to happen hallelujah he said our educational systems our denominational system has took the place of the Holy Spirit leading in the church our great fine training of ministers and things have taken the place of all night prayer meetings and the old time way we used to give with God instead of having preachers we got lecturers men knows the word just as well they can sit and put it together in such a way it's astounding how they can do it 
They know the mechanics, but that ain't the dynamics. Don't get mad at me. This is your prophet. Today, he said, we've studied the mechanics until it's all mechanical. It sure is. We got mechanical devices back in the pulpit. Amen. What good is a is an automobile without something in it to drive it? There's no current. We got all the mechanics. We got schools, educators, so forth. They can train them in till they can stand in the pulpit with such manners till he's an eloquent person. That still don't bring the power of God. He says, where? This is in 63. He said, where is the power of God that used to be in the church? Where is that Pentecostal blessing that used to flow through the churches? He said, that's the reason our world is falling apart. Your family is falling apart. Let me show you why. You're lacking the dynamics. Well, I can quote. I can do it. I mean, the Pharisees could quote the scriptures. And they look right at the living power of God. He would go into this rising of the sun. And this thought, I began to think on this thought on let there be light. Somebody sent me a little clip of science. They've actually have found that when the egg of a female gets germinated by the male and life begins to form. When that, that egg and that male sperm mix together, it gives forth a light. They're catching it now on telescopes and or microscopes or whatever they look through. Actually, every time when true life is born or conceived, that's exactly what happened to the earth. Could you imagine the first day that ball of fire went? Many of you sitting here tonight remember when in your life you was in darkness. But I saw a great light. All of a sudden it went. An explosion took place. It's such an explosion. Even science has to say it happens. Meanwhile, they're saying, oh, it ain't life until it. Like. That's what I'm looking for tonight. Hallelujah. What was it? Jesus' body was laying in a grave. Looked like a dead, still form. There was a word that was prophesied. Three days. Roman had come and said, look. I was making a video. Look. There's, there's his followers out there, you know, they're going to come and they're going to steal his body away and they're going to do this. Why don't you do, why don't you Romans, you know, you killed him, you know, and, and why don't you put a seal around the tomb and you put a garrison to make sure this never happened. But there wasn't nothing could stop it. Hello, somebody. There wasn't anything that could stop it. That time appointed came. 
And if you could see in that tomb, that dark place, light came forth. There wasn't a big enough Roman seal. Here come a ball of fire. And that stone began to move out. Rolled away the stone. And the Bible says the angel sat on it. I've been waiting for this moment. He sat on it. And the body of Jesus came forth. Been dead. Looked like all hope was gone. Darkness had set in. Earthquake had taken place. No hope. But all of a sudden, that moment. What do you think happened back in 63? Light came forth. What do you think is happening tonight? There's been some that's been laying there in a grave. For three days you've been there. Thursday, Friday, Saturday. But there's a word that's been spoke for your resurrection. And angels down into this place. And they're rolling away the stone. They're rolling away the stone. They've rolled away depression, mind battles, anxiety, every kind of spirit of hell that's held you bound. And they're now showing you we have dominion over it. There's a power greater here tonight that's greater than your troubles. That's greater than your family strains. That's greater than the bloodline and the heritage of your family. There is a greater power. There's a power here greater than cancer. There's a power here greater than a brain bleed. There's a power here greater than an undeveloped hip. There's a power here greater than alopecia. Oh, he has healed all thy diseases. He's rolling away the stone tonight. He's rolling away the stone tonight. He said, hey, 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 there's a trumpet sounding. There's a jubilee sounding. Come out of the tomb. Come out of the tomb. All the devils of hell has garrisoned himself around. You know, Brother Branham talked about that moment. He said when that little boy was over there in Finland. He said he got out of there and he realized where he was at. For two years this has been going on. Looking for it, and all of a sudden he's there. For a long time you've been waiting for your release, and all of a sudden you realize it's here. What was about to happen? There's a boy that was laying there dead, been mangled up in a bad crash. And the devil has taken some of you down that path. You're all mangled up in your spirit. Mangled up in your mind. Mangled up. 
been torn apart by the hounds of hell. Scarred human beings. But when that moment came, he said you could line every devil up. (laughs) I hear the roar. I hear the sound of a mighty wind. He's in the building tonight, church. He's ordained this moment. Devils has garrisoned themselves. They've tried. Listen, I I have fought through every kind of thing to come here to this meeting. That man right there, Brother Tim, has fought through every kind of thing to come to this meeting. Devils have tried. They've garrisoned. They've tried to keep the people of God bound. He has tried to keep them in tombs. But there was a word spoke. Let there be light. And tonight I cry out over this conversation, this congregation. Let there be light. Let the darkness is being driven by. May every spooky, gloomy spirit right now flee in the name of Jesus Christ. There is an angel of light here tonight. There is a pillar of fire that's swirling right over you. I can. I will. I do believe. Is there somebody here that say, that's me, God? I can. I will. I do believe. I accept the dynamics right now in my life that will make this message live. Hallelujah. Line every devil up. There ain't enough devils in here that can keep the people from God from having their victory. Hell has been broken. The powers of hell is broken. Come on, you eagle. You wasn't born for this chicken yard. You wasn't born for this world. That's not why you're here. I hear the sound from heaven. There's a message that's going forward. Set my people free. Get out of your chicken yards. Get out of your depression. Get out of your anxiety. Get out of that suicide spirit. Hallelujah. Praise be to God. I think about Paul and Silas that were thrown into the jail. But it said at midnight, they begin to sing. That was actually the Passover Psalms. You can go back and read it. Psalms 113 through 118. Then in them Psalms you'll read, Tremble thou earth. You can read, Thou hast loosed my bonds. They begin to speak the word of God. They begin to confess not their issues, not their problems. They begin to say, I'm going to praise God no matter what. What happened? Hands went up, chains went down. They were set free. And every prisoner in the whole place. Oh, God. Can we get some Paul and Silas's? Begin to worship God. Begin to praise Him right now. Look away from your circumstances. Look away from your problems. Just start praising Him for a moment. Amen. Before you know it, chains will begin to fall. Thou hast loosed my bonds. 
tremble thou earth. Hallelujah. Everyone was set free and the jailer began to take his sword and take his life. Paul said, don't do that. Don't harm yourself. We're still here. And just in case there's a suicide spirit in the building, don't harm yourself. We're still here. There's still hope. There's still life. Run to Jesus. Run to Jesus. Maybe you're mangled up in your spirit and you're mangled up from a wreck of a family or somebody hurt you. Run to Jesus. He'll be standing there with open arm. Come on. I'm here waiting for you. I've been here all camp. Hallelujah. You ain't been waiting on him. He's been waiting on you. <laughs> oh, Jesus. The Spirit of God is here. He's in the place tonight. Every devil needs to take notice. He's in the building. I want you to lay your hands on one another right now. Everyone on your feet for a moment. We're going to get in one mind and one accord. Right now, put away every thought of tomorrow, of the next few minutes. He didn't send me here for no reason. I came with a commission. Let there be light. We're here to stand against every darkness. Cold form of devil. Draw your swords. Hallelujah. This ain't the time to slack. This ain't the time to sit on the sideline. This is the time to come forward. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You're right at the moment. The walls are coming down. It was prophesied from the very beginning of this camp. In junior camp, the walls are coming down. There's a shout of the king in the camp. The same yesterday, today, and forever. The living God. The God mighty in battle. Hallelujah. There you go. You got a hold of him now. Don't let him go. God, I'm not letting you go till you bless me. I want to leave this camp different. I want to walk different. I want to talk different. I want to be different. I want to be a different daddy, a different mama, a different boy, a different girl. I'm not going home the same. 
I'm going home recharged, refilled, filled with the Holy Ghost. I'm going home victorious, marching over every devil. Oh, blessed be the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. And it shall come to pass that whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be delivered. Call on him. Jesus. Jesus. Don't pass me by. Save my son. Save my Jesus. Save my daughter. Jesus. Hallelujah. Heal my family. Jesus. Spirit of God, move. Break every chain. Deliver every heart. Heal the sick among us. Oh, dig those wells. Dig those ditches right now. Pull it out. You've been holding on to bitterness too long. Pull it out. That unforgiveness, pull it out. I'm not walking back home with this thing. I'm dropping it here at the foot of the cross. Hallelujah. Glory in the God in the highest. Call on the name of the Lord. And you shall be delivered. That's not my word. That's thus saith the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The dynamics is here. The Spirit of God is here. Come on, move in the Spirit. Jesus, move me. Let me just be bendable, pliable in your presence. Restore unto me the joy of thy salvation. Oh, glory to God. Jesus. He hears your cry. Tell my people. I've heard their cry, and I am come down to deliver them. Let my people go. Hallelujah. Baptize this Lord from the front to the back. Every heart, every life, Lord. Hallelujah. We're drawing our swords. Oh, Jesus. Oh, don't let him go. Hallelujah, Jesus. We love you, Father. We praise you, Almighty God. There is none like you. Lord, we're taking our children. We're taking our sons. We're taking our daughters. Wherever they may be tonight. We send the arresting force of the Holy Ghost to them. May they hear the word tonight. Let my people go.
drugs fall off. Alcohol fall out. Sex spirits fall off. Every kind of depression fall off. Anxiety's falling off. I hear those chains falling. Hallelujah. I hear the rushing mighty wind. What is it? It's just the sound of freedom. Hallelujah! It's just the sound of freedom. Bless the name of the Lord. This is a celebration. Glory! Kill the fatted calf. He that was lost has come home again. He that's been in the desert has come to the wells of living water. Hallelujah. Blessed be the name of the Lord. I hear the chase falling. The enemy you've seen before, you'll see no more forever. Miriam, your enemy is dead. Hallelujah. Your enemy is dead. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. He's whirling right over the top of you right now. That's not me, that's him. That's not your neighbor, that's him. I can, I will, I do believe. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Bless your name. Bless your name, God. Thank you, Jesus. You're the same yesterday, today, and forever. Thank you that you still heal the sick. Thank you that you still save the lost. Thank you there's still mercy. There's still blood. There's a lamb for every house. of revelation is here. He is here. Hallelujah. He is here. 
He's in the house. Demons have to flee. He's in the house. Blind eyes come open. He's in the house. The dead rise. He's in the house. The crippled walk. The lost are found. Hallelujah. Oh, blessed be the name of the Lord. 